Dave and Bacon Safety Tales, the only industrial safety podcast that brings you common sense advice on job site safety, standards, regulations, and industry best practices without putting you to sleep. We're back. Hey, 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 this thing's live. It's Fred and Dave here with Quad City Safety with another episode of Dave and Bacon Safety Tales. Glad you guys made it back for uh, another round. Wrapping up S2. Could be, or could be, depends on when they come out. Could be. Could be, so we'll see what happens. But anyways, we are proud to be the industry's only dedicated safety podcast, where our goal is to have you tune in and not tune out. Yeah, (laughs) because uh, everybody knows that... uh, you're sitting in the safety meeting and they put the slide projector on, light goes down. Right after you finish that last bite of the donut, you kind of doze off and you wake up at the end and you're like, what the, what the hell did we talk about? You knocked your OJ over into your yeah, garage. Some, something like that. You get a yeah, second degree burn because you spilled the coffee in your yeah. lap. You know, you got a McDonald's liability kind of thing going on there. That's what in high school we had a, a teacher, his name was Mr. Ryan. He was an old track coach, but I think when I was in high school, you had to be pushing retirement age. Like, I think he retired not too much longer. His move was someone would, like, start dozing off in class and fall asleep, and he had a golf club that was missing the head of the golf club, so it was just the, the yeah. shaft, just yeah. the long, like, stick. Just the shaft. And he, just the shaft. <laughs> and he'd go up right He'd go up right next to him while they're, like, their head's on the desk with the shaft of the golf club and just... Whap, 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 right next to him. And that thing would <laughs> you get whiplash from how fast your head would pop open. Yeah, messing with shit up. Yeah, and we've all had those those moments where your head starts going down and you just all of a sudden you pop back up oh. on your own. You look around. Anybody notice that I'm a nut? Nothing's dumbass? worse than when you're driving and you start doing that. And you're like rolling down the windows, smacking yourself in the face. Yeah, and, turning the music uh, up and on, trying to sing along, and then you hear the. <laughs> As you're off on the side yeah. of the road. <laughs> yep. So, anyways, so safety's important, so we're going to keep on doing this. So, uh, once again, it's Fred Redunzo, Dave White, Quad City Safety. Um, reach out to us on all our social media platforms. I know I say it every episode, but we definitely would love to hear from you. $5 challenge still stands if we receive a fax at 563-445-2171. Birthday card, $5 bill coming your way. Just ask a question or say, hey, listen to the podcast. Here's your uh, here's a fax. Something, something. Yep. So this week, uh, the plan is to kind of hammer home the importance of uh, taking the heat stress seriously. So keeping workers cool in the summer months uh, should be high on everyone's priority list. Um, keep everyone smelling fresh and uh, help, help keep great. them alive. So um, I got a quick story about my own heat stress incident. When I was mm-hmm. about 25 years old, I had a, uh, a buddy that I was the best man for his wedding. And we went out to Glens Creek Golf Course out in Scott County Park. And then the plan was to... Uh, we did some like swimming, stuff like that. There's a pool out there. Oh, so, so you were camping? We went camping okay. after that. That was what the type of guy that he was. When I, we were doing a stripper bachelor party, yeah. there's a bunch of boys going out into the woods, go play some golf, go do some yeah swimming pool, and then uh, hang out and roast some marshmallows and have a few beers. Uh, okay. It was kind of, that was the kind of party that we were doing. Good enough. And, uh, so out on the golf course, 
about about 95 degrees. I think it was early July. Okay. Good soupy, swampy. Yeah, my pale behind uh, doesn't take too well to that environment if I'm not staying well hydrated. So you have, you know, six or seven Bud Lights while you're playing golf. And all of a sudden, I wasn't feeling too hot. And then we went swimming out in the sun, you know, just putting on sunscreen but not drinking enough water. So then they started at about 10 a.m. Now we're at about 5 p.m., Go get back to like the campsite and start thinking about what we're doing for dinner. And I just started feeling a little dizzy. And then all of a sudden I started feeling nauseous. Ooh. Yep. And so I was like, oh man, I got to go find something. So got in the car and drove and I made it about, I don't know, three or four minutes from there. And by this time, by the way, I had not been drinking for probably four or five hours. And so made it about four or five and all of a sudden I was going to throw up and didn't know what had happened to me, but came to the realization pretty quick that I was dealing with some heat issues. <laughs> and I think I had some sun poisoning. Yeah. And so if that can happen to some regular jerk off out there playing 18 holes and having a couple beers, it's very easy to then go ahead and happen when you're out on the job site working your ass off. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So, well, let's kind of get into the topic a little bit. Um why heat stress is a real concern during warm weather or hot applications what all kind of what can happen a lot can happen i mean you can you can actually expire yeah <laughs> you know and the thing about it is is the complications of heat stroke or uh once you've had heat heat stroke mm-hmm. you're more you're always susceptible to it so it's something that you know um, once you've been there, it's it's something that your body will easily go back to, and it's you know it's a it's a complicated issue because it's a number of factors. You know, it's it, it's dehydration, but it's also you know your body temperature is getting to a point where you know your body wants to maintain a temperature of around ninety eight point six degrees you know Fahrenheit, and when it gets outside of that, it not good. Yeah, Not good. Sped up by sweating. Yeah, but uh, you, a lot of times when you are, you know, you get dehydrated or whatever, is you know, you don't have that moisture and your body quits. You know, that's if you're sweating, that's good. Yeah. When you when you you know, that's one of the telltale signs is you when you stop sweating you are starting to enter kind of that whole danger zone because right. your body your body's not uh, not dealing with it. And, you know, a lot of factors go into it is, you know, um, heat and hum- humidity are two things that work together. So it may, you may, you could look at it and it could be like low 90s, high 80s. Yeah. But if that relative humidity is high, that's going to obviously cause, you know, the, uh, you know, the heat index or whatever, you know, you, you want to follow is a higher temperature so you're actually in something that's hotter than what just the the temperature looks at yeah so there's probably also rather than even just heat stroke we can talk about rashes you can start getting heat rash out there cramping oh yeah well i mean cramping is you know that that uh telltale sign of dehydration which is the the classic word is uh electrolyte replacement mm-hmm. i guess that's more of a phrase it's not a single word but electrolyte replacement is, you know, it's not just water 
it's electrolytes. So it's, you know, it's uh, minerals and stuff that is in water. Yeah. So, you know, the classic, if you, if you go to go to pee and it comes out and it looks, you know, like a heavy brown, you know, right. you kind of kind of look at it and go, huh, we may, we may need to treat this. Right. And if we're going to treat it, you know, treating it with water or, you know, uh, things like Squincher, Gatorade, or All Sports, something that's got a little little added extra kicker in there to, to, to boost those, boost that stuff up. Doesn't hurt to eat a banana. You know? Yeah. Potassium is one of those things that your body craves. Magnesium, all, all the things that are usually packed into those drinks. That's what I did have some some cramping once. Yeah, I was at a tennis tournament and got done playing tennis all day long, you know, three or four matches and then got in the car on the drive home and all of a sudden it looked like I had tennis ball tennis balls on my calves. It yeah. was just there from just bunching up and so I went and laid on the ground and my uncle ran over and started trying to rush <laughs> stretch yeah. me out and rub those cramps out and get he had a banana in the car, gave me a banana, started pouring water down my mouth, like yeah. let's see what we can do about this. Well I mean right now I'm on I'm on one medication, and then they hit, then they had to uh, when I when I took it all of a sudden I noticed that I had Barney Rubble feet, so I looked down and my feet were just huge, really? swollen. So then they put me on they put me on a diuretic. So uh, problem with with the diuretic was I kept waking up. And, I, I called it eagle feet. So not only would my calves cramp, but my feet, would, yeah. l- like literally, oh, like yeah. like I'm trying to scoop down and right. pick up a fish or something like that. And nothing's worse than waking up in the middle of the night. So then they put me on potassium, and that wasn't enough. So every morning I have to, after I get done uh, with my medicine, I usually eat a banana also, just so that I don't have to walk around and all of a sudden get that. You know, nothing's worse than a good calf cramp that you can't stretch out. Yeah, I mean it's painful. Painful. Yeah, and plus you look like you just got shot. Yeah, yeah. You're walking in, like so. So heat exhaustion, definition of the body's response to an excessive loss of water and salt, and usually through sweating. So fainting can be an issue. Um, so like if the the victim's kind of operating heavy machinery, that can be a real, a real problem for the worker. Yeah, don't you love when you you see like the, the heavy piece of machinery and it's got it's got that little goofy umbrella <laughs> yeah hanging off the side of it. Well, it's there for there for a purpose. Yeah, and uh, you know a lot of times if you're if you're in a job site and you got a hard hat on, and I mean you're you're setting yourself up there. I mean if you can wear a vented hard hat, I mean little things like that go a long way. Okay. Making sure that you know. Uh, your clothing is right. If you can wear some moisture-wicking stuff, you know, um, not only does it keep you a little drier, but the the whole goal is when you have an when you have evaporation, evaporation cools. Yeah, pulls pulls heat away from the body. So you know, uh, your dress can even you know wearing you obviously unless you're Gary Player, you know Gary Player always liked to wear black and mm-hmm. play golf. I mean, you really you should probably wear a little bit lighter colored stuff also, so that you're not sitting there absorbing you know absorbing all the heat. Right. So we got um, differences between heat exhaustion and heat stroke. 
which heat exhaustion is something that we can try and treat, and then heat stroke is something that needs to be treated as a medical. Yeah, emergency. it's a medical. Yeah, you're usually you're probably going to go to the hospital at that point. Yeah. So heat heat exhaustion, rapid heartbeat, profuse sweating, extreme weakness, fatigue, dizziness, nausea, vomiting, elevated body temperature. Whereas heat stroke, high body temperature, confusion, loss of coordination, hot, dry skin, throbbing headache, seizures, coma. Like there's dangerous shit. So. Um, bah, 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 bah. So, all right, I just lost track of where I'm, what I'm thinking. I was looking at a list, and there, so when workers get hot, does it impact PPE compliance? Was my next little bullet point I had. Yeah. Well, from a compliance standpoint, I mean, you know, Cal OSHA or you know California OSHA usually looks is ahead of the curve on a lot of things and yeah. some, some stuff they're a little overboard on but um they've started addressing you know heat stress from the standpoint of looking at what the temperature is and how long somebody's working in and, and having scheduled breaks that you monitor yeah. you know so that's that's some things that are coming down so from a from a from a you know ppe compliance um I don't necessarily think that you know it's going to you know heat stresses it's going to impact the fact that you might not wear something you know okay. taking you know i would be more apt to sit there and go you mentioned a hard hat yeah well i mean see well a hard hat you know you if you're taking it off to cool yourself down and you're still in a you know right a drop zone or an area where where you need it you're, you're creating another risk but there are augmentations to certain items you know let's say instead of wearing the classic hard hat you wear a bended hard hat so yeah. that there can actually be some breathing a cooling band or something well, around yeah it. there's all kinds of aftermarket products you know you know uh whether heck you can have cooling vests you can have there's all kinds of things out there you know you have to spend a little bit of money but the biggest impact would probably be that people would choose not to wear something yeah I mean, heck, they have hydration packs for fall protection. So, you know, a lot of times if you're working at heights, it's not like you just walk over to the water cooler. But, right. you know, you can take your, you know, your water bottle with you yeah. to make sure that you are, you know, staying staying hydrated. I would say something to, to look out for then is kind of a lot of people, like a lot of workers are just going to try and suck it up. Well, um, yeah, everybody wants to, you know, wants to be everybody wants to be like yeah, everybody wants to be Billy Badass and you know, that's that's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. It's good that people want to get stuff done, but you know, um it's it's kinda like, you know, we were talking earlier about driving tired. I mean working when you're on that heat uh heat stress, heat stroke line and you know, you brought up being on heavy equipment. Yeah. Well, ain't nothing better than having some guy that's getting ready to faint, you know, swinging a wrecking ball on a crane or something like that. Right. So, so and trying to tough his way through it. Yeah, because you know we only got you know a couple more minutes to go here. Let's let's power through, power on. So you're you're creating issues. You know, you're creating safety issue by you know just not doing the proper you know proper rest, being recharged and ready to get ready to report. Okay. So talk about some. Uh some real solutions that actually work on a job site to help workers uh, kind of stay cool and hydrated. I know we talked about some of them, but it's 
so cooling towels and cooling products and vests and venting and it's providing shade okay so you know having a little pop-up shelter with you know a, a hydration station you know that's that's one that we have some customers that ask us to put together a, a system, you know just a it's it's a, all it is is a glorified garbage can with a cooler on top of it and okay. cups but you know that that becomes the the reason that people don't you know um, don't do it is because it's not there's no convenience in it so making some of the that stuff convenient or you know available is is the biggest thing yeah, well, and then you got to look at how often people are drinking. Like, you probably need to drink a cup of water every 20 minutes. Yeah, you need to make sure that it's over time. You don't just, in the morning, on your, on your way to the job, stop by Casey's and get the biggest thing of water that they have and, you know, yeah. just chug it and go, I'm, you know, I'm loaded good, up. good, good, you know, I'm, I'm full. And it's paying attention and you know, like we mentioned, I mean, one of the easiest ways to tell that your body's losing losing hydration is just watching yourself urinate. I mean, yeah. if you pay attention to what that is, you you got a good you got a good uh, finger on the pulse per se. Yeah, there's a couple of cool charts out there I know that we've seen that have the if it's this color, if it's this color, you're getting dangerous. And yeah, and I mean, people... That's something we can help provide. Most, too, most so. people on a daily basis don't get the amount of water that they should anyway. Yeah. And then you put in that they're, you know, they're in a, uh, let's say it's mid-July or whatever, and they're out there working. They're really behind the eight ball then. Yeah. And uh, Plus, maybe they had a few beers the night before and probably wake up dehydrated. Because alcohol is a diuretic. So. And you have your, your bottle of your 20-ounce of Mountain Dew that you're yeah. trying to drink out there on the side. So yep. All that sugar uh, is just dehydrating F- even more. Mountain Dew is not equal to hydration. Right. It's not staying hydrated no. by drinking pop. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, one of the things to also remember is some of that stuff has a ton of sugar in it, too. Right. So, um, got to watch out for the uh, old folks running around with diabetes. Yeah. The old sugar diabetes. But another, I think another tip would be that the hardest parts, like the the heavy work that you're doing for that day, if you can try and schedule that during the cooler parts of the day. Absolutely. So first thing in the morning or the sun starts going down a little yeah. bit. If you can Modifying work times is definitely um, if, something that can help. Um, and then, yeah, your the light-colored, loose-fitting clothing that you had mentioned in the, a little bit ago, that, that's another thing to really do to take a look at. So, But they also have, you know, there's, there's some really cool stuff out there anymore. They have these... Uh, uh, we had a job site that wanted us to really go after it and provide like a cooling area. So it was, it was, again, it was a pop-up tent basically, but they all have fans that are fed water. So there's a water reservoir on it and it just creates mist when it blows. Okay. So you can actually lower the temperature. It's, it's kind of like an air conditioner outside. Yeah. Or one of those things that like the zoo that the, the kitties can run through that are the yeah. misters. Yep. That's same concept there. Is, okay. You know, you're just creating evaporation like we you know, mentioned earlier, which is going to allow people to cool. Okay. So cool. Anything else you think of on that topic? Think that about covers everything. I yeah, have, that's right? that's most that's that's a majority of it. I mean, your the case point that you brought up is you know planning the work takes probably the best thing to do 
if you can do that. Yeah. Sometimes you can't do that, so then we have to engineer out, you know, you know, we have to get in there and figure out what PPE we need and the PPE that you have to provide is just methods to methods for somebody to cool themselves. Yep. All right, well let's go on here. We'll move on to the, the dumbass of the week this week. It's the dumbass of the week. Well heat stress Harry can can be our dumbass of the week, I would think. Got lots of people that just try and tough it out or uh, don't plan for what the job's gonna be that day. Um, I'm trying to think of a good, should have planned this one a little bit better, but a good example of uh, somebody that, that that happened to. You got any uh, examples of somebody besides dumb Fred? Well, I mean, I think you bring up a classic example. One is, you know, is people, you know, go out and the night before and kind of let loose let loose you know it's thursday night we're getting ready for friday so go to the tavern pound back a couple and then it's you know the hottest day of the year on friday and we're working in an asphalt you know we're right laying down asphalt you know so no i don't have a real good one yeah well there's 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 all kinds of ones that people work but that's a that is a good example that somebody goes out pounds a few back heads out the next day doesn't get their mountain dew in the you know their mountain dew and their donut in the morning and they're just not taking care of themselves and nobody around them is paying attention when they start looking a little green they're acting a little disoriented walk up and bill's no no longer sweating right and he's like speaking in tongues and nobody can figure (laughs) out what the hell he's talking about yeah temperatures his temperatures raised to about 105 degrees and he's still sitting there trying to lay shingles on the roof with his black tar so um, you gotta look out for that dumbass. Try and be aware if that guy's on your site with you. That you know, take care of each other. Make sure everyone's drinking, um, so that way we can avoid avoid the dumbass of the week passing out. Yeah. So let's move on. We'll go on to Q and A Q&A for this week. Um, question number one was: As long as a gas monitor still calibrates, is there even an expiration date where it should be taken out of service? There's nothing documented that says that, that you should take it out. I mean, the main thing is you mentioned that passes calibration. If it passes calibration um, and you're bumping it daily prior to you know each shift's work, yeah. Then theoretically, it is fine. I mean, the thing is to remember is sensors over time become weak. Yeah. And so, obviously, a device that's older, you know, I think a lot of the confusions that people have with monitors is they're kind of like a smoke detector. They're not. They're not really meant to read exactly what things are. Yeah. They're just kind of a kind of a beacon to say, "Hey, I think this stuff is here." get the hell out right um uh so there's nothing that really states that you would have to take it out of service as long as you know it was within the allowable levels when you compared it on a calibration and above it would still be what it says it is okay so you i mean it's almost like automobiles that you can have a 1975 that's out there rolling if it was well taken care of and maybe the miles were kept down and it had the engine replaced and some of those things but 
over time, it might start getting to, like, I think a lot of ours are taken out of service when all of a sudden costs outweigh what that monitor's worth or... Yeah, t- typically that's, you know, usually, the usually like the oxygen sensors, the first thing to go. Yeah. And typically there's a manufacturer's warranty that you can squeeze that first sensor in, but yeah. it's almost like serial obsolescence. So once it gets outside of the warranty period, all of a sudden, oh, you're going to need uh, two or three two yeah. or three sensors that's 80% of the cost of the oh, uh, brand device. Yeah. And it seems like manufacturers do... A, from time to time, as they come up with a new unit, the parts for the old units. Yeah, they'll usually up. phase them out. They start going up. Over so. time. Okay, cool. So number two I got, is a ladder considered a piece of fall protection and need to be documented with other equipment under a competent person inspection once a year? Uh, well, it needs it needs to have uh, inspections and documentations. Okay. But also making sure that it's the right kind of ladder for the application and it's rated for the size of guy that's going up it because you know a lot of them have uh, 225 pound limit or something yeah like and then then you got my fat ass trying to climb it with you know stuff and it's like no that's not that's not what that's de- designed to to yep. to be used or you know the 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 electrician has a has a metal ladder that he's leaning against stuff that he's climbing instead of having it you know a fiberglass so making yeah. you know not only is it making sure that you know you've gone through and made sure that you've looked at all the rungs and looked at uh, everything to make sure that there's you know no material defects in it but uh, making sure that you're using the right ladder and the right you know for the right job making sure that maybe you need some aftermarket devices when I say aftermarket devices like they have things that can attach to ladders that will uh, level them out so that if you have an uneven surface you, you can still you know use the ladder and be you know be fairly safe about it um Things like ladder extension, or how to say, most people don't realize that when you have a ladder, it needs to extend so many inches past the top, so that you're able to exit exit that ladder instead of you know it's just barely enough. You know, it's how to say, I set it to where it's just right on that edge. So knowing how to proper properly use it, making sure that we maintain three points of contact. That's another big thing that you'll see is you'll see people, you know, on a ladder carrying shit up and, you know, they're not maintaining three points of contact. Okay. So is that something though that like a competent person has to inspect? Does someone have to have an, uh, like how a piece of fall protection needs to be inspected by a competent person yearly? It should be. something that someone has to have a level of training on how to inspect ladders? Yes, so they do it. They can't just look it over. And well, I mean, how to say it's probably not as technical as a competent person in fall protection because it's, okay. it's a single de- single device. But you know, yes, there's they should train them up on you know what the forms and features on the ladder are because every ladder doesn't operate the same. Okay, number three, why would we use group lockout versus personal lockout devices? Just depends how many people you have. Okay. So, you know, when you have a personal lockout that's, you know, you're you're taking the for instance, let's say that you unplug the machine and you put the plug into a plug lockout and put your lock on it so that somebody doesn't come 
plug that thing in and you know right. mash you with whatever. Well, group lockout is the concept of we have multiple people working in an area so that, you know, how to say, you don't know what Bill and Bob is doing. So uh, as you have more people around you, making sure that you have that plan to, let's say, you know, you may have to, when you go to lock out a machine, sometimes it's not just as easy as just undoing a plug. Yeah. There, you know, you may have to unplug this. You may have to, so you've de-energized it. Is there any stored energy in it that you may need to, you know, blow off or whatever? But work through those steps to to get it uh, to get it locked out because usually you're servicing or maintaining or you know doing a PM or something on right. of equipment or line. But having you know all that stuff locked out and then everybody puts their lock on there so when you go to fire it back up everybody's kind of got to come back together and go sign off we're not all in you know i'm here you're here that means that you and me can't be in the machine that's how many locks that we that we had let's put it back in the service okay fair enough all right close up the email box for this week so in the episode since we were talking heat stress this summer um, or heat stress then that means that summer is upon us yes it is and so that gets me excited for my funnel cakes and my fried oreos are, are you not really into all that stuff oh, I like yeah, I'll, I'll partake you like fair food or whatever I like the sweet stuff I'm not a big like corn dog like corn dog the size of my forearm yeah, see, guy. that's the only thing I ever want is one of those stupidly large corn dogs. Do you? See, yeah. I'm, I'm not big into that, but I'll give me a couple of those fried Oreos and a funnel cake with some powdered sugar where I'll put my face too close to it and breathe in yeah. powdered sugar and start <laughs> gagging. Yeah. But, uh, I just, just the whole process just amazes me that you watch this, you know, every every town has one where you look at the field and it's empty one day and then all of a sudden you know, notice some really strange people at Casey's. Yeah. And then like four hours later, there's the whole, you there's know, the, the whole tilt show. There's the tilt Yeah. All Everything's up. up and ready. And I don't drink uh, frozen cocktails throughout the year, but I'll be a, a daiquiri, hit the spot every once in a while on a Do you get the big stupid, the stupid yep. cup or whatever? Oh, yeah. <laughs> With the long tube, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. a blue drink. I'd be a real <laughs> asshole walking around carrying it. Oh yeah, yeah. Or yeah, we're going to the Dominican Republic later later this year. Fifteen dollar refill. You're not gonna you're not gonna see me with a beer for a full week there. It's gonna be all frozen sugary drinks. Blended drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I can't fault you for that. Yep. So we'll we'll be getting after it. But made me think a little bit about. Uh, fair bands and outdoor concerts and doing that's my favorite part of the summer so the best bands that you've seen perform at an outdoor venue most likely while or most uh, yeah, likely while drinking like a bag of beers well I mean we have the Mississippi Valley Fair so you know until I moved to Iowa I didn't realize that a cooler could just be a regular grocery you know yeah that's what I'm saying. <laughs> a Walmart grocery. sack with some, with some ice in it yeah so but you have to buy the six pack yeah and what's funny is it's you know it's got to be tall boys mm-hmm. you know because you got to have them 16 ounce cans and you're always worried about man I got to drink these really fast because you know they only gave me one scoop of ice yeah it's usually hotter than hell the bag's already got a little hole in it so I got to ease the load yeah yeah I mean the, um, one of the best 
outdoor bands that you know to to just drink some some bush bush light on a scoop of ice would be maybe like the Marshall Tucker band. Okay. With some power flute, you know, kind of blowing. Um, probably the best the best outdoor concert that I went to recently was the Metallica. Okay. They played at uh, the uh, Iowa Motor Speedway, and that was pretty incredible show. Yeah. But, you know, I've been to a ton of them, so, I mean... I think you mentioned Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think. I've seen Leonard Skinner probably seven times. So. Yeah. Yeah, you can't go wrong seeing old Leonard Skinner. That's what I'm seeing. I've seen. I like the old hair bands, seeing Motley Crue or seeing Poison. They're always good for start busting out the hits over the course of about a two hour concert when you're lit off of Miller Lights. Well, yeah, you got you got. 10,000 people shit face that all know the words to one crappy to every, song. To every rose has its thorn. Yeah. And the lead singer doesn't even sing and he kind of holds the mic out over everybody. Yep. Yeah. Everyone's holding up their cell phones or their lighters depending on who you well, are. Well, it's kind of blended. <laughs> you know, now it's all cell phones. Cell phone. If you're in an arena show, it's going to be 100% cell phones. If you're at a fair, you, you still, still got you some, still, yeah. some necks out there holding <laughs> up their lighter. Holding up their bit they got at 7-Eleven. Yeah, yeah the, Kind of like a blowtorch. Yep. So, I, bad company. I had them listed too. I've seen them twice. Just bad company's good. Yeah, I don't they, think I've seen them outdoor. They still hold up. They still hold up. Yeah, they can do it. There's some of those. Like I, uh, my wife and I were watching. They did a Elton John. Did a kind of, they had like a tribute to Elton John on like network TV sometime in the last couple of weeks. Uh-huh. And. Guy's like what? Got to be seventy years old. They're pushing oh, seventy years old, yeah, if not every bit. And he still sings awesome. But then you'll see it occasionally. You'll get and see like Bob Dylan towards the end of end of his run. Is he still alive? By the way, yeah. Actually, I suppose I should be I killing off Bob Dylan just recently. Well, if you do, it'll be a. You're like, what was that, Bob? Yeah. But so it's just amazing. Um, I suppose it's probably how they treated their bodies over the year. But Jagger, he can still hold up. But Elton John still hits every note that he hit like 30 years ago or 40 years ago. So, anyways, pretty impressive. All right. So that's about uh, it's about time for this episode. Um, I can hear the hotel room service out running the vacuum. So we're going to start getting played off yeah. by them if we don't call this thing good. So if you enjoyed today's show, do us a favor, review us on iTunes, uh, reach out an email or hit us up on any of our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, we're there. If you do, we've even got a little surprise. We'll get sent your way, some safety gear, or even a little bit of our candy pig bacon. Pig bacon. So, uh, is there other kinds of bacon? <laughs> yeah, turkey bacon. Oh God! <laughs> now I went through a turkey it. bacon phase. Really? Yeah. When I was like, oh, this is. Yeah, there's so many different like diets out there, and trying to eat healthy for a few weeks, and you're like, oh, let me switch to turkey bacon from regular bacon. <laughs> I've I've had turkey bacon a couple times, and it was not a good experience. It's not great. Me. It's not great. So, point is, we need you guys to keep coming back. Safety needs to be an everyday event, um, not something that we just think about now and then. So, uh, we wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for the listeners. So, it's our mission to keep hammering home the importance of safety at work. We want to make sure you guys make it home safe. So, we'll be back next week uh, with more unfiltered safety advice. But if you can't wait that long, go out to quadcitysafety.com, check out our blog, um, leave us some comments, and uh, 
We'll see you next week. Once again, safety's got no quitting time. See you guys soon. Thanks for listening in to Dave and Bacon Safety Tales, brought to you by Quad City Safety. Send us your questions on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter at Quad City Safety. Hashtag Safety Tales. Or email them to Fred at quadcitysafety.com. He's the guy keeping this mess of a show in line. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's a kick-ass way to show that you care about safety.